0: Okay, it's Trump by a landslide. He got something like 58,000 votes, roughly 15% of 723 registered Iowa Republicans took part in the caucuses yesterday. Nikki Haley discovered yesterday she's a woman of color in the wrong party. She thought she could change her name, convert to Christianity, and Republicans wouldn't notice iowa kicked off the 2024 presidential elections with its first in the nation caucuses on monday and as expected donald trump won big he won the rural vote but he also won big in des moines he won in cedar rapids and he won sioux city even though he called it sioux falls remember that he said hello sioux falls you know he sued so much it's hard to keep his sue straight Nikki Haley did tie him in Davenport, but overall, it's Ron DeSantis who came in a distant second. He's going to stay in the race, even though he has no money. He's going to New Hampshire. Everybody thought he would drop out after Iowa. Doesn't look that way. Haley came in third, and Vivek Ramaswamy dropped out. And despite Donald Trump trashing him over the weekend calling Vivek a fraud who's duping voters, Vivek endorsed Donald Trump calling him the greatest president of his lifetime. In dropping out, Vivek said, I see that there is no path for me. Yes, there is a pathway into history as one of the most detestable people ever to run for office. Now, he's not going to be Trump's vice president, but I'm sure he might land a cabinet position You know, as what, Secretary of Deceit? Sure, there's going to be an opening there. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who bet his entire campaign on Iowa, came in second with Nikki Haley, who in polling as recently as last night seemed to have, at the time, leaped over DeSantis into second place as she began to gain what everybody thought was momentum in the closing days of this campaign. But certainly, not enough momentum to catch Trump, who seems to have captured what I'm seeing now is 51% of the vote in Iowa. So this is not a winner-take-all caucus. And as of early this morning, it now looks like Donald Trump heads to New Hampshire with 20 delegates, DeSantis possibly eight, maybe ten. Haley will leave with about seven. This was a huge win for Donald Trump, who was offering Iowa Republicans a moderate take on abortion, saying he favored exceptions when the mother's life is at risk, or in the case of rape and incest. Despite that, Trump seems to have been able to hold on to the evangelical vote, which has stuck with him faithfully since 2016. Iowa Republicans are among the most pro life in America, but They stuck with Trump, even though he seemed to be moderating his stance on abortion, moving to the center. This is the same state that gave Republicans surprise upsets from Rick Santorum, Mike Huckabee, and Ted Cruz. They surprised everybody by winning Iowa. Pollsters back then didn't grasp just how anti-abortion Iowa Republicans are. Or, judging by Trump's margin of victory, were. Were. Indeed, Trump ran in Iowa as a national candidate, refusing to mislead Iowa voters by claiming he was more anti-abortion than he actually is. He leveled with the voters. Now, the top, Bob Plaats, the Plaats, the top evangelical leader in Iowa, threw all his weight behind DeSantis, who recently signed a bill banning abortion in Florida after 15 weeks. But the evangelicals did not listen to their top evangelical, Bob Vander Plaats. They voted for Trump. They see Trump flawed but willing to crawl through the mud for them by getting elected, staying in office, and picking the three Supreme Court justices who were instrumental in overturning Roe v. Wade. The fact that Trump can win in Iowa going light on abortion could put a crimp in Joe Biden's plan to win by putting abortion on the ballot in November. In key swing states, Democrats right now are attempting to get abortion propositions on the ballot, figuring that would bring out the vote while at the same time saddling Republicans with the unenviable position of fighting for stricter abortion bans, Republicans want to distance themselves from abortion. Trump may have helped them do that by winning in Iowa. So you know, if Trump can win, and of in of all states, Iowa, he won with a seemingly less discordant stance on abortion it may make Trump a little more difficult to beat in November my gut got it wrong for the past two weeks I've been saying my head tells me Trump is going to win but my gut told me DeSantis would surprise everyone my gut was wrong see I figured DeSantis was the same as Donald Trump but without the 91 criminal indictments. So why not pick DeSantis? turns out the 91 criminal indictments are the reasons Iowans voted for Donald Trump. Because this isn't about policy, this is a cult of personality. And of course, fear. It is truly astounding to count the number of Republican lawmakers who secretly worry that Trump is going to win again while at the same time publicly endorsing him. Ron DeSantis couldn't even get an endorsement from fellow Floridian Marco Rubio, who the night before the caucuses finally caved and endorsed Donald Trump. That is the kiss of death. When a Republican senator from your own state is withholding his endorsement, waiting, reading the polls hoping that you're going to turn it around, but then the night before the caucuses calls you up and says, Ron, there's no way you're going to do it. I can't make Trump angry. I'm endorsing him. That's what they do. Marco Rubio hates Donald Trump, but out of fear, he comes to him on bended knee, on bended, bended knee. It is fear-based, and a cult of personality, here is how one Trump supporter in Iowa put it yesterday. The
1: other day, Donald Trump said on his first day he's going to be a dictator for a day.
0: <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like that. Would you rather have Donald Trump as a dictator for four years or re-elect Joe Biden for four years? I would rather have Donald Trump. I'd like to see the repeal, of the Roosevelt law, so that he can be a president for a lot more than four years. But we, this country, needs a dictator. I hate to say that, but it's the truth. Hmm. This country needs a dictator. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. Here is Congressman Derek Van Orden. He's a Republican from Wisconsin campaigning for Trump over the weekend in Indianola, Iowa, explaining why people like me just don't get Donald Trump's appeal. And they don't understand that he is the person that we that will stand for you in a time of need. He will literally give you the shirt off his back. I think you meant he would literally sell you the shirt off his back if you were stupid enough to pay $50,000 for it. I think Trump's selling pieces of the suit he wore when he got his mug shot taken in Georgia. You can now buy pieces of that Suit. If you're watching overseas, I know we have a lot of overseas viewers in in New Zealand, Australia, Great Britain, Canada, over the Great Lakes, and I know, I know, it's like you're standing on a street corner and you see this car car barreling down the wrong direction of a one-way street. And you say, you turn to your loved one, and you say, "Oh, this is going to be bad. This is going to be cataclysmic. And there's nothing you can do. You just watch, hoping the driver will realize he's got it all wrong, but it's happening too fast. But not so fast that you can't see how bad it's going to end up. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you, New Zealand. I don't know what to tell you, Australia. I have no idea what's what's happening here. You tell me. Trump winning Iowa in the end means nothing because every candidate Monday night was deplorable. It was, as Hillary apologized for saying, a basket of deplorables. Vivek, Nikki, Ronnie, Donnie, all of them equally deplorable. And the people voting for them Monday night were also equally deplorable. I do have a correction. Last week in describing how the Iowa caucuses work, I said that it's secret ballot, but eventually many of the caucus goers make a public declaration of who they support by standing in a group representing the candidate they picked. I got that wrong. That's what the Democrats do when they hold caucuses in Iowa, but Democratic caucuses in Iowa no longer exist. Republicans don't go stand with their own kind. They're too ashamed. It's all done through a secret ballot. So I apologize for getting that wrong. The biggest factor in Iowa yesterday was climate catastrophe. Unfortunately, climate catastrophe wasn't on the ballot, just made it harder to vote. Republicans had a brave what were described as life-threatening cold, life-threatening cold in order to vote. 110 million Americans are huddled underneath the blankets as an Arctic blast has settled over much of the Northeast and the Plains states. Republicans voted on Monday with a wind chill that was reported in some places to be 30 below zero, which is also how Vivek Ramaswamy was polling in New Hampshire. This is record cold, but all the candidates can say to the people of Iowa is, I can't believe how freezing it is. You, you, you just can't believe how cold it is. Hmm. How did it happen? Yeah. Well, you just can't bring yourself to say you believe climate catastrophe is man-made and the fossil fuel industry needs to be taxed into oblivion. I can believe how cold it is. The Trump campaign was privately worried about the weather because it's a lot easier to vote in places like Des Moines, Iowa than it is in rural precincts where much of Trump's strength was believed to have been. It was assumed that Nikki Haley would do well in Iowa's urban centers. Exit polling from uh, previous caucuses show that the better-educated you are, the less likely you are to vote for Donald Trump. And polling leading into the caucuses showed that the more educated we're going for Haley. And you'll find the better educated in urban centers like Sioux City and Des Moines. And uh, what is it, Cedar Rapids? Uh, It's easier to vote in that kind of weather. It's an urban center, it's easier to vote, and those urban centers tend to have better educated people. But we've learned that Donald Trump killed it with the urban voter, with the educated voter. Now, voter turnout was dimmed by the weather. They're saying about 110,000 people voted. It wasn't the 50,000 Some had cautioned, but it turns out a little less than 120,000 Republicans voted. And it turns out that Trump beat Nikki Haley in the rural districts and the urban districts. And she came in third behind Ron DeSantis. This is one of the phenomenons that I've been reading about. Trump is running stronger this time around. With college educated urban voters. God help us. God help us. Not just in Iowa, around the country. He's winning over college educated urban voters. He's also running stronger than any Republican in decades with black and Hispanic voters. In fact, he did pretty good with all two of them in Iowa. Trump got 38% of the vote in Des Moines. Haley got 26.5. She came in third in Des Moines. She was supposed to be the darling of Des Moines. But, like I said on our last show, Trump's ground game turned out to be much more sophisticated than it has been in the past. In the past, when all he had to do was make a speech or do a television interview to get people to the polls, the Trump campaign was not going to lose Iowa the way they lost it back in 2016 to Ted Cruz. They were not going to lose it because they didn't organize their ground game. About two months ago, Donald Trump Jr. was sent to Des Moines to shake things up. He complained that there were no adults in the room. That from the child who never had to grow up. But he shook things up, and the Trump campaign seems to have picked up their ground game in Iowa. Trump, according to the New York Times, hired 1,800 captains to cover 1,600 precincts. What also helped on Monday is likely Republican voters in Iowa waking up to this robocall from the ex-president
1: folks you gotta get out and vote for trump i don't care if you're sick as a dog i don't care if you have cancer of the esophagus i don't want to hear about it you're not gonna ruin it for Trump. get off your ass and vote for trump I don't wanna hear that it's cold. Boo hoo, I'm a sad
2: little baby. I have esophageal cancer and I'm cold and I'm not sure if I should vote for Trump. Well, do what has to be done, folks. Get out of the hospital and vote for Trump. I don't care if you're a hostage in Gaza. I don't care. There's too much at stake, people. Get out of Gaza. Get off your Zionist ass. Come to Iowa and run the gym.
0: Unbelievable. Let me play that again because that is the robocall that's been going around that was sent to about 75,000 Iowans on, on Monday morning Uh it's hard to believe that that is what what where we're at right now. Let's listen to that again. Folks, you got to get out and
1: vote for Trump. I don't care if you're sick as a dog. I don't care if you have cancer of the esophagus. I don't want to hear about it. You're not going to ruin it for Trump. Get off your ass and vote for Trump. I don't wanna hear that it's cold.
2: Boo hoo, I'm a sad little baby. I have esophageal cancer and I'm cold and I'm not sure if I should vote for Trump. Well, do what has to be done, folks. Get out of the hospital and vote for Trump. I don't care if you're a hostage in Gaza. I don't care. There's too much at stake, people. Get out of Gaza. Get off your Zionist ass. Come to Iowa and run the
0: gym. Okay, somebody is saying to me they think it's fake. That sounds real to me. Uh, Let let me... uh, I'm going to play it one more time. You decide. I... That is what I was told has been sent to 75,000 voters yesterday in Iowa. You, you, you tell me if this is fake. It sounds real to me. Folks,
1: you got to get out and vote for Trump. I don't care if you're sick as a dog. I don't care if you have cancer of the esophagus. I don't want to hear about it. You're not going to ruin it for Trump. Get off your ass and vote for Trump. I don't want to hear that it's cold. boo-hoo, I'm a sad little baby.
2: I have esophageal cancer and I'm cold and I'm not sure if I should vote for Trump. Well, do what has to be done, folks. Get out of the hospital and vote for Trump. I don't care if you're a hostage in Gaza. I don't care there's too much at stake, people. Get out of Gaza. Get off your Zionist ass. Come to Iowa
0: and vote
2: for Trump.
0: I don't know if that... You tell me in the comments section... I've I've been assured that that is Donald Trump. I'm going to play it one more time. No, I'll play it at the end of the show. Uh, it sounds like Trump to me. Uh, here's, the scary, here's the scary thing. I'll leave it up to you to decide if, if that's really Trump. Let me know in the comments section. Uh, this is where we're at. Uh, Trump, over the weekend, began using Sammy the Bull Gravano as a character reference. Why shouldn't this be real? None of this is real. If this isn't real, none of this is real. It is all a bad dream. A friend of mine sent that to me, insisting it was real. The first time I heard it, my friend did that And uh, he said Have you heard this robocall That Trump made And I, st- I started listening to it And I'm thinking Oh gee. And Then at the end I'm going oh, Okay, it's my friend I could, I'm telling you I could just stop the show And just keep playing that Over and over again It's like Layla It's like the piano solo from Layla I could just keep listening to it Well, it looks like Haley finishing up third in Iowa. Uh, Not good for Democrats. How she performed in Iowa was indicative kind of of how dissatisfied Republicans were with Trump and DeSantis. Uh, According to The Hill, nearly half of all likely Iowa Republican voters who said they were voting for Nikki Haley, said they would vote for Joe Biden in November if Nikki Haley did not get the nomination. So apparently there weren't that many Nikki Haley slash Biden supporters voting in Iowa on Monday. Laura Loomer is an anti-Muslim MAGA Republican who ran for Congress in Florida back in 2020. She's all in on QAnon, conspiracy conspiracy theories, and of course, Donald Trump. She tweeted out that Nikki Haley was controlling the weather to make it harder for rural voters in Iowa to cast their ballots. Everybody believed that Nikki Haley was going to win the urban vote. And Laura Loomer said Haley has connections with the military-industrial complex and the deep-dark state. And Laura Loomer says they know how to manipulate the weather. And she said Nikki Haley is manipulating the weather to suppress the vote in rural areas. But the robocall from Trump is fake. I, I don't know. I'm naive. See, I don't believe that Laura Loomer believes that. I don't believe anybody believes that Nikki Haley can control the weather. Like when Marjorie Taylor Green talked about Jewish la- space lasers setting forest fires. I don't believe people are that ignorant and stupid and gullible. I think anybody who says that says that to scare the rest of us. But then again, there's this guy, and he seems awfully sincere.
1: The other day donald trump said on his first day he's going to be a dictator for a day
0: i like that yeah i like that would you rather have donald trump as a dictator for four years or re-elect joe biden for four years i would rather have donald trump i'd like to see the repeal of the roosevelt law so that he can be a president for a lot more than four years but we this country needs a dictator i hate to say that but it's the truth so i played that again because the robocall was fake and I kind of think Laura Loomer is fake when she talks about Nikki Haley controlling the weather. This guy seems sincere to me. It, it, what do you think? Let me know in the comments section. So far, we're not seeing any evidence of mischief at the polls. As I pointed out a week ago, anybody who lives in Iowa who is eligible to vote, could vote in the Iowa caucuses. You just have to show up the day of and change your registration to Republican. But, you know, there was nothing to stop a Democrat from voting in the caucuses yesterday. It's not like there was a Democratic caucus to get to. There doesn't seem, however, to be any evidence of that happening. Why? Well, probably because everyone on the ballot is from that basket of deplorables. Which one of these is any better than Trump? So who would, if you were going to be mischievous and immoral and unpatriotic, it's it's bad, it's bad karma to change your registration to mess with the Iowa caucuses. But if you were going to do that, which one would you pick for the good of our country? Now, I I guess I don't want to see Donald Trump win because I loathe the man. Uh, I'd like to see Trump not get the nomination because that would make it that much easier to send him to prison where he belongs. But for the good of our country, who would you have voted for if you were posing as a Republican, if you're trying to make things Better for America, easier for Joe Biden in November. Who would you have picked? Who do you pick to run against Joe Biden? CBS has a new poll out showing Donald Trump beating Joe Biden in November by only two points. Now, considering how poorly Biden's approval ratings are, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Trump is scary. I'll give you that. But I think we want him on the ballot if you want Joe Biden re-elected. Because, look at that, Trump has 50% of the vote. The CBS poll shows DeSantis beating Biden in November by three points. And that imaginary race is tightening. I've seen DeSantis beating Biden sometimes by more than eight points. So, that is tightening. Haley? She's beating Biden right now by eight points. And she's been beating him by that margin for months. So, we probably want Donald Trump on the ballot in November. But it's giving me an upset stomach. No pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. There's going to be a little pain And it's going to be scary, but I think we need him on the ballot. I know it's dispiriting to watch Donald Trump have a good night in Iowa. He had a good night. We had a bad day. If you're keeping score, it was a bad day for America. I still think he's the easier of the three to beat. Because he's already proven he's beatable. He lost the popular vote in 2016. Hillary just had a turnover, something like a hundred thousand votes in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, and she would have won those three states and been president. And he lost it all in 2020 by 7 million votes. This is what the Democrats need to be talking about. Again. This is from the CBS poll that just came out. This is kind of important. In a poll of likely voters, it is split down the middle when asked, what do you care more about, a functioning democracy or the United States having a strong economy? This is a poll of all likely voters here in the United States, and it's split right down the middle. It's incredible. 50-50. 50-50. Now, this is why it's good for Joe Biden. If you look at this, 64% of Democrats think it's more important to have a functioning democracy, but only 35% of Republicans say it's more important to have a functioning democracy because Republicans are voting for fascism. But if you look at the independents... And yes, there are independents. 52% say functioning democracy is more important than having a strong economy by four points. Now, four points may not seem like a lot, but you win elections between those margins right there. Americans, more Americans, care about a functioning democracy. Then they do a strong economy. Okay, so that looks good. If it's a choice between democracy and the economy, it looks like the independents are going to lean towards voting for democracy. And a vote for democracy is a vote for Joe, Joe Biden. Now, we're talking likely voters. Why? Should Democrats be strong on democracy, but not strong on the economy? Why do Americans think Democrats, the party of Roosevelt and Johnson, isn't strong on the economy? Well, look at this. What is going on here when it comes to personal finances? Okay, this, in elections, this traditionally has been where the rubber meets the road. of likely voters say they will be better off if Trump wins in 2024 financially, and only 21% say they will be better off financially if Joe Biden wins. Okay? What is going on? What is going on? Is this a messaging problem that Joe Biden has? Because all the yardsticks tell us that Bidenomics is a smashing success. Inflation is coming down to around 3%. We have full, full employment in this country. Unemployment has been holding steady below 4% for nearly two years, and that's considered full, full employment. The recession, everyone predicted, never materialized. I think the last quarter, our GDP growth saw something like a 5% pop. Not in decades have we seen something like that. And yet, according to this poll and other polls, Americans aren't feeling it. Why? Well... Maybe we're using the wrong yardsticks to measure our economy. Half this country can't come up with $500 for an emergency. Now, that changed briefly in 2021 with the child tax credit expansion. But then when it expired, it went back up. Poverty went back up, and we began hearing that half this country can't come up with $500 in cash for an emergency. I'm not blaming Biden. It was the Republicans who let the child tax credit expansion lapse. Whatever yardsticks they're using in Washington to measure our economy, it doesn't seem to be telling us that half this country can't come up with $500 for an emergency. This economy... And we're seeing it in this poll. This economy, this government doesn't work for half this country. Now, in the past, I've been saying it doesn't work for the people who don't vote. I say, with likely voters, the government and the economy works for the people who vote. And I used to believe that when... You know, Obama was saying in 2012 that only 40% of eligible voters vote. But things have changed, thanks to Donald Trump. Turnout in 2020 was incredible. 66% of eligible voters cast a ballot in 2020. It was a record turnout Biggest turnout. More Americans voted in 2020 than ever before. More Americans are expected to vote in November than they did in 2020. So do the math. If the economy doesn't work for half the country, and more than half the eligible voters, 66%, at least, are going to be turning out in November... Democrats have a problem. Democrats have a problem. If right now, only 21% of Americans believe they'll be financially better off if Joe Biden wins, and 49% think they'll be financially better off if Trump wins, the Democrats have a problem. Now, the people who think they're going to be better off under Trump are wrong. How do you tell them that? Uh, But maybe they're also going to be, maybe they know that they're not going to be better off if Biden wins, because half this country, with a rip-roaring economy, half this country can't come up with $500 for an emergency. What more do you need to know about our economy when I tell you that half this country can't come up with $500 for an emergency? Now, there are a million excuses that you will be hearing from me for why things are the way they are, because I support Joe Biden, and I'm a Democrat, You cannot sell yourself as the party of the middle class, the way the Democrats do. You cannot sell yourself as the party of the underdog, the party of unions. You cannot claim you have a record to run on when half this country can't come up with $500 for an an emergency. That is the recipe for fascism. If you look up Escoffier and you say, what's the recipe for fascism? That's it. So, a point of personal privilege here, if you don't mind. Four years ago at this time, I said, we said, Everyone on this show said, Bernie supporters said, Bernie said, you defeat fascism by addressing structural economic inequalities. When there is despair, economic despair, you make things right. Otherwise, republics fall prey to con artists who spew faux populism while secretly aligning themselves with the fascists. Fascism doesn't succeed without faux populism. We saw that throughout Latin America, and of course in Italy, Germany, and with Trump. Trump is not an original. When a vast swath of the population feels left behind... A con artist can always fill the void with fascism. So, again, I do believe democracy and freedom is on the ballot in November. I don't think you win elections asking people to vote for an abstraction like freedom or democracy. I think you win elections by taking care of of the people who can't come up with $500 for an emergency. The Democrats, I believe if we just stay the way we are, I think we could, I think we can win in November. I think we're going to win in November. Just going slow and steady. But maybe not. Uh. The Democrats need to go big with something. They need to take on the ruling class the same way Donald Trump pretends to be taking on the ruling class. If you talk to his voters and his surrogates, they are taking on Wall Street, the military-industrial complex, the ruling class, the deep, dark state. It's all... Bull, but they're they're hitting those touch points and it's registering with half the people who can't come up with five hundred dollars for an emergency. Now back in twenty twenty we I wanted Medicare for All. Bernie, that's how you defeat fascism. You go big. Right now, the Democrats only have Bernie, and he's not even a Democrat. He only caucused with the Democrats in the Senate. The problem we have, it's not Joe Biden. He's a symptom of a party that lacks the undergirding to prop up another Bernie. You know, had Bernie been elected... Well, the banks, the for-profit health industry, the fossil fuel companies, they have their rapacious claws so deep inside the Democratic Party, they never would have let Bernie win. And if he did somehow win, they would have never let him succeed. They would have sabotaged Bernie the same way Tip O'Neill and Ted Kennedy sabotaged Jimmy Carter although they did it for the right reasons. Tip O'Neill and Teddy Kennedy sabotaged Carter because he wasn't liberal enough. This is what November is going to be about, appealing to the people who can't come up with $500 for uh, an emergency. I know Biden and the Democrats want to be poetic, and talk about freedom and democracy, because it is on the ballot. you got to do better than that. Uh, most americans they don't they're not worried about democracy and freedom, as James Carville said in nineteen ninety two it's the economy stupid. People don't vote abstractions like freedom or democracy. They vote to pay their rent. If half the country can't come up with $500 for an emergency, that means half this country is desperate. They've already lost their freedom. And democracy? What do they care about democracy? Desperate people make desperate choices. They choose Donald Trump. But here's the good news. Biden and the Democrats, are beginning to understand that. It's a little late, later than they should, but I'm optimistic. Uh, there is no question that right now, the Democratic Party is the furthest to the left it's been since Walter Mondale ran against Reagan in 84, and it's successfully to the left. It hasn't been this successfully to the left since Lyndon Johnson. You have to go all the way back to 66, 64 to find a a Democratic party this progressive. Biden is a politician. He's never going to be a socialist. But he is moving the party a little to the left, You have to give him credit for that. I'm not, you know, you look at the American Rescue Act, the Inflation Reduction Act, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Bill, the CHIPS Act, his executive orders where he forgives debt, what he's tried to do with gun control, what he tried to do with extending the eviction moratorium. He's tried to do a lot of things. And his hands have been tied by Republicans and monsters like Joe Manchin and Kyrsten Cinema. So his hands have been tied. But I also have no doubt that Joe Biden spoke privately with Joe Manchin, Joe Manchin and uh, kind of encouraged him to sabotage much of Build Back Better, Bernie's Build Back Better. I have no doubt that Joe Biden, who talks way too much, I have no doubt that, you know, senator to senator, he was talking to Joe Manchin, and he complained about how far to the left Bernie is dragging his party. And I think that, I don't think Joe Biden said, go ahead and sabotage, build back better, but I I have no doubt that Joe Biden said to Manchin, I hear you, man. I hear you, man. Uh, I think he gave Joe Manchin just enough courage to gut Build Back Better, leaving Biden with no choice but to uh, push the Inflation Reduction Act, which compared to Build Back Better is just okay. If you compare... Build back better to the Inflation Reduction Act. Build back better is the New Deal and the Inflation Reduction Act is just okay. But compared to nothing, the Inflation Reduction Act is the most progressive piece of legislation we've seen since Lyndon Johnson. Cannot be debated. It's a fact. So, the Democrats are going to have to run on their record, you know, the inflation reduction act, the chips act. They they do they have a lot to run on. And they're going to lose if they don't run on the economy and somehow convince enough Americans that they are better off today than they were when Trump was president. And I don't think that's too hard to remind people of COVID, how Trump lost more jobs than any president since Herbert Hoover, how the murder rate spiked 30% under Donald Trump. I don't think it's going to be too difficult to remind people how bad things were under Trump. They're going to have to stand for something more than just not Trump. You, you cannot run on a negative. You can't say, vote for me because I'm not him. That's how Biden won the first time. Uh, so my advice to my party uh, is pick up the game when it comes to big, bold ideas. Tell us what the next four years are going to be like. Promise me something like Medicare for all, which you're never going to do. See, I like Joe Biden. I'm voting for him. The problem is not just Biden. It feels like the Democrats look like they're out of ideas. Looks like they're exhausted. And the Republicans, they're destroying the country, but they're filled with piss and vinegar. It looks, it feels like the Democrats moved a little to the left under Joe Biden, and now they don't know where they are. Where are we? What do we do? This is unfamiliar territory. Do we stay here? No. You have to make a choice. You move further to the left and win over half the country that can't come up with $500 for an emergency. You move to the left, or you move back to your default position, which is the center, and that makes these elections tighter. It makes for Senates without filibuster-proof majorities, and it's the same grinding nonsense where no big ideas get sent through Washington. What do you have that's big and original that will excite the American people? Like Medicare for all like putting the health insurance companies out of business. That's never going to happen with Joe Biden. And he is negotiating with Big Pharma. He's doing things. It's incrementalism. But yesterday was Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday. Look up what Dr. Martin Luther King said about the sins of incrementalism. Throughout the early 60s, there were incrementalists when it came to civil rights. I hear you, Dr. King. I'm with you, but it's a heavy lift. You know, it's it's happening too fast and too soon. And that was happening right here in New York City. After the Civil Rights Acts were passed in 64 and 65, they polled New Yorkers in Manhattan, liberal Manhattan, and a majority of New Yorkers in Manhattan said it's moving too quickly. The civil rights movement is happening too quickly. Read Dr. King on incrementalism. So I support Joe Biden. He's an incrementalist. And this is not the time for incrementalism when climate catastrophe doesn't practice incrementalism. Biden? uh, I'm hoping, and I'll make the case for Joe Biden, Uh, I'm, I'm hoping Americans will realize Biden, as opposed to Trump, has been slow and steady, and when we look back, we will realize how consequential he has been As long as you're not the half of the country that can't come up with $500 for an emergency. Again, when the landlord is pounding down the door, freedom and democracy are not on the ballot. It feels, I'm not saying it is, I'm saying it feels like the Democrats are out of ideas they're not. It just feels that way this morning. And I'm a little... Trump had a good Monday, and when Trump has a good day, I'm feeling a bit of despair. Something strange happened Monday night. How are we doing on time here? Something very strange happened Monday night. Now, I was expecting Donald Trump to claim he was robbed at the polls. We were all expecting Donald Trump to claim fraud at the polls, even if he won. Uh, I was expecting him to say, I would have had a much bigger margin if the other side didn't cheat. That's his default position. We saw that in 2016 when Ted Cruz beat him in Iowa. This is from February 3rd, 2016. Trump tweeting that Cruz should be disqualified because he cheated He's a total fraud. This is right after the Iowa caucuses. Then he said the Iowa caucuses should be held all over again. But this time around, it was Ron DeSantis who came in second, who ended up being the crybaby. You know, Ron DeSantis is a bully. And with bullies, it's always somebody else's fault, never their own. For example... When it became apparent that DeSantis was fizzling in Iowa, he blamed the conservative media for taking it easy on Donald Trump. Ron DeSantis is blaming the conservative media for doing exactly what he's been doing, taking it easy on Donald Trump. Listen. He's got basically a Praetorian guard of of, of the conservative media, uh, Fox News, um, you know the the websites, all the this stuff. They just don't they don't hold them accountable because they're worried about losing viewers and they don't want to have their ratings go down. Uh, and, and that's just that's just the reality. But that's just the truth. And I'm not complaining about it. Um, I'd rather that not be the case. Yeah, the conservative media. Doesn't want to hold Trump accountable. You know, Ron, if you held Donald Trump accountable, then maybe the conservative media would report what you're saying. Have you tried that? Going after Donald Trump? No, because you're a bully, which means you're a coward, and you would never go after somebody who's a bigger bully than you are. You're only going to go after the transgender community or, or migrants and now it looks like the real crybaby in Iowa this morning is DeSantis. He came in second, and something very strange happened last night. The Associated Press and CNN declared Trump the winner thirty minutes after the caucuses began. You're really not supposed to do. You're not supposed to do that. I can remember the networks calling presidential elections before Californians voted. There's an agreement you don't declare the results of an election until everybody casts their ballot. So what was CNN, the Associated Press, and then the major networks, what were they thinking calling the election before everybody voted? Texas Republican Chip Roy was in Iowa campaigning for DeSantis when he heard the race was called. It was a half hour into the caucuses. He said, quote, are you kidding me? They haven't even started a vote yet. They haven't heard all the speeches, he said. An AP is calling it? That's what Chip Roy said. James Utmeyer, Ron DeSantis' campaign manager, told NBC News, it's appalling He's right that the news media would, would call an election while Iowa is still voting. I mean, what, what is it like? They start voting at 7, and by 7.30, they call the election? DeSantis is now accusing the Associated Press of tainting the process. Kind of amazing. Not that Trump... Would have lost. And we're not quite sure if we, I mean, do you really want Ron DeSantis to be running against Biden? Let's take a quick look at the television ad spending in Iowa. Now they always talk about getting the money out of politics. Well, let's look at how important the money is because most of it is spent on ads, TV ads. A record $123 million was spent on advertising in the Iowa, for the Iowa caucuses. A little, uh, it was a record for the Republicans, but because the Democrats weren't participating, there wasn't as much <clears throat> in, in ad revenue. Trump only spent $18.3 million. You know, he's proven that <clears throat> you can win on the cheap. He spent eighteen point three million. DeSantis spent thirty-five million, and Nikki Haley, in terms of spending, came in second with thirty-seven million dollars. It's a lot of a lot of money to spend, and you can buy a lot of advertising in Iowa for thirty-seven million dollars. And right now, Nikki Haley is outspending Trump, and DeSantis. DeSantis has no money. She's outspending Trump in New Hampshire. She's got all the dark money behind her. She's been meeting privately with Jamie Dimon and all the Wall Street bankers. So New Hampshire is being flooded right now with Nikki Haley for president commercials. This is the mop-up for January 16th, 2024. Thank you for finding me. I'm David Feldman. Please like this video so I remain in your feed and help me out by sharing this program with your friends via social media or through an email or a text message. Just copy and paste the link to this episode and share it. This is an audio podcast, so please take me with you on your next drive your next commute, your next walk, while you're cleaning the apartment or taking care of a loved one or trying to fall asleep by downloading this wherever you get your audio. And please subscribe to this channel as well as my newsletter. And as always, I urge you to leave comments. You know I uh, read all your comments. Did I tell you to like and share, I think I did. That's the best way for me to uh, remain in your feed is if you like and share these episodes, then I'll keep showing up in your feed. This is a completely grassroots enterprise. Nobody's helping me other than Robert Smigel and Sam Cedar. So and it really the listener is you're the one if this show is growing. It's because of the listeners who have gotten the word out. So thank you for sharing. As I said, Monday was a national holiday. Martin Luther King's birthday. He was born January 15th, 1929. Killed before he even made it to 40. Republicans fought making yesterday a national holiday. They did not want Martin Luther King Day And now they've embraced Dr. King, but their version of Dr. King. Republicans are rewriting who Dr. King is. For example, they lie and say Dr. King was against affirmative action because he wanted everyone to be judged by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin. So let's straighten that Out. He wanted black people to be judged by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin. He dreamed of a day when uh, nobody was judged by the color of their skin, but he believed in affirmative action. He believed in quotas. In fact, he demanded quotas. Google Operation Breadbasket was a program Dr. King set up in Atlanta, Georgia, back in 1962, where he, along with other ministers, demanded that black people refuse to patronize any businesses that refuse to hire black people. Using the power of the pulpit, Uh, he and black ministers examined products that were being marketed to the black community, and they demanded to know the hiring practices of the corporations that were making these products. And if there weren't enough black people working for the company, Uh, if there weren't enough black people in jobs that were something more than menial positions, the ministers and Dr. King ordered their congregations to vote with their wallets and boycott these companies. By 1967, according to Stanford's Martin Luther King Institute, Operation Breadbasket negotiated $25 million a year in new jobs and income for blacks in Atlanta by demanding affirmative action, by demanding quotas. Now, before they killed Dr. King, Jesse Jackson worked under Dr. King. Jesse Jackson won the year before Dr. King died Jesse, the Reverend Jesse Jackson won 2,000 new jobs that were worth $15 million a year in Chicago's black community after he, working off Operation Breadbasket, pressured the Chicago dairy industry as well as Coke and Pepsi to start hiring black people. So nice try on the whole Martin Luther King opposed affirmative action thing. You know, if you repeat a lie long enough, Republicans, conservatives believe it. He was for quotas. He was for affirmative action. And he was for class struggle. He was for uniting all the poor, white and black. He was for class struggle and he was against the Vietnam War. We should be talking more about him. Yesterday was Dr. King's birthday, and what better way to honor the memory of Dr. King than by holding the Iowa Caucasians for uh, caucuses uh, for Republicans? Blizzard or no blizzard, either way the Iowa Republican caucuses were going to be blindingly white. You know, It never occurred that maybe you should hold the caucuses on a Tuesday in honor of Dr. King. But then again, not the worst idea to hold elections on Dr. King's birthday since the Selma to Montgomery march was all about guaranteeing the right to vote. In honor of uh, Dr. King and John Lewis, uh, I've decided to show you some of the brave Americans who live in Iowa who fought for our democracy over the weekend. (laughs) Americans what, what did you do as they say to stop fascism what are you going to tell your kids going into a room filled with those white people and doing that that's uh, good people no injuries reported after Houthi rebels hit a US owned ship off the coast of Yemen with a missile strike the Houthis are currently fighting a civil war where they control most of Yemen and are backed by Iran, turning Yemen into a proxy war against Saudi Arabia, which borders Yemen and supports the government in exile that had been overthrown in 2015 by the Houthis. Boy, I really worked on that sentence. I really (laughs) wanted to explain what's going on in Yemen. And that tracks, but it's impossible to understand. I really sat and chewed over that sentence. The Houthis are currently fighting a civil war where they control most of Yemen and are backed by Iran, which is turning Yemen into a proxy war against Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia borders Yemen. Saudi Arabia supports the government in exile that had been overthrown in 2015 by the Houthis. If you can understand That sentence, uh, I tried to write it clearly, and I failed. The Houthis, like Iran, are Shia Muslims. Saudi Arabia and the Yemen government in exile are Sunni. Uh, Before the civil war, which has killed more than 160,000, Yemen was majority Sunni. The Houthis, besides siding with Iran are also siding with Hamas. The United States uh, holds Iran responsible for supplying the Houthis with the missiles. Houthis have declared themselves part of an axis of resistance against America and the West, including Israel, and has openly aligned itself with Hezbollah in southern Lebanon, which, like Hamas gets its financial and military support from Iran. And if you can follow any of that, you could probably become Donald Trump's Secretary of State. I think that's all all that's required, is to just keep any of that in your head. U.S. Central Command reports that American jet fighters on Sunday knocked an Iranian built cruise missile out of the sky that had been fired by Houthi rebels towards the USS Laboon, stationed in the Red Sea. This is how wars start, because uh, it takes years to figure out what's going on in Yemen and who the Houthis are and why they're aligned with Iran and why they're fighting Saudi Arabia. And... By the time you sort it all out as an American citizen, 75,000 of our soldiers are dead and 3 million Arabs have been killed. This is a perfect place to launch a war because you can argue facts, not whether or not we should be fighting over there. You can just argue facts and history, And, and that's perfect for the people who sell weapons. President Biden sent U.S. naval assets into the region after fighting commenced between Israel and Hamas on October 7th. This is how wars start, right? We send the USS Laboon to the Red Sea and then it gets sunk. And remember the Maine. Do you remember the Maine? The Houthis are firing both Chinese and Iranian-made missiles. And this proxy war, like Ukraine, Ukraine is a proxy war, is turning into a proving ground to see how all these weapons work in real-life situations. It's a proving ground for China, Iran, for Israel, and the United States. The United States is having an opportunity to test its anti-missile program. in many ways the victims on the ground are considered by some to be nothing more than lab animals you cannot test weapons in a vacuum they say you have to see how they work in a real life battle they say or you can stop these wars from happening. One Israeli is dead, 17 injured, after two Palestinians from the West Bank stole a car, I believe it was two cars, and drove over residents in a suburb of Tel Aviv. Hamas praised the attacks. Hamas showed video of bodies said to be of uh, two hostages taken on October 7th which Hamas says were killed by Israeli missile strikes on Gaza. The Israeli government says Hamas is deploying psychological warfare, and there is no reason to believe those two hostages are actually dead. This is total war, what you're seeing in Gaza. The Gazan Health Ministry said that in all of Gaza, there are just six working ambulances a spokesman said Israeli strikes destroyed 121 in their attacks on nearly 200 hospitals and medical facilities. This is what America did to Tokyo. This is what the, the Allies did to Dresden. This is called total war. That is the definition of total war. The World Health Organization says of the 36 Hospitals in all of Gaza, 15 are now functional. More medical facilities in northern Gaza, in and around Gaza City, are said to be opening as Israel moves its fight towards the southern part of the Strip. Israel has released video demonstrating how tunnels underneath hospitals in Gaza City were used to shield Hamas, their soldiers, and their weapons. Jury selection begins Tuesday in the E.J. Carroll trial here in New York City where Donald Trump once again goes on trial to determine how much he has to pay E.J. Carroll for defaming her after she filed a civil lawsuit claiming he raped her. Last year, a jury ruled that Trump was civilly liable for attacking her inside a department store changing room. That was back in 1996. When he raped her, Eugene Carroll filed the lawsuit in accordance with the New York Adult Survivors Act, which briefly lifted the statute of limitations on sexual assault so the victims could sue for damages. The jury awarded her $5 million in damages, partially for the assault and partially for Trump defaming her reputation when he accused her of being a con artist. In the second trial, Agent Carroll is seeking an additional $10 million in damages, partly caused by Donald Trump calling her a whack job during a CNN town hall the day after he lost the first lawsuit against her. Oh, by the way, we have a poll in our live YouTube chat room. And the question is, who do you think will be easiest for Biden to beat? Trump, Haley, or DeSantis? Kind of curious what other people think. If you, if you want Joe Biden to win, I'm not sure a lot of people in my chat room want Joe Biden to win, but if you wanted Joe Biden to win, wh- who do you think is easier to beat? Trump, Haley, or DeSantis? That's the the poll. So if you're watching me live, please fill that out. I'm kind of curious. Trump's lawyers asked the judge in the Eugene Carroll defamation lawsuit to delay the trial so the former president could attend his mother-in-law's funeral in Florida. The judge denied the request, saying it wasn't necessary for Trump to be in the courtroom today during jury selection. Lawyers for Eugene Carroll filed a motion accusing Trump of lying about the hardships imposed by his mother-in-law's funeral, they pointed out that Trump has a campaign rally scheduled on the same day. Yes, he's grieving with Melania. Joe Takapina, Trump's attorney in the first E. Jean Carroll trial, announced he will no longer be representing Donald Trump. Takapina also represented Trump when Trump was arrested last year for the very first time when the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg filed criminal charges against Trump for falsifying business records in order to hide hush money payments to porn star Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels said over the weekend she will be testifying in that trial, which is scheduled to begin in March. Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis went on the attack Sunday defending her choice for lead prosecutor in the RICO trial against Trump and 18 other co-defendants who are charged with trying to overturn the 2020 presidential election results in Georgia. Now, if you've been following this, Fawny Willis has come under attack by Republicans. They're accusing her of hiring a boyfriend. There's no proof. Uh, they're saying that Ben Wade is her boyfriend, and that's, that's why she picked him to serve as her special prosecutor to oversee the RICO trial. Rumors have spread by Republicans that she has had an improper relationship with Ben Wade and has somehow benefited from a salary Fulton County is paying him that exceeds what prosecutors normally get. That isn't true. Willis says Ben Wade is getting the same hourly rate as two other outside counsels are being paid. They had to bring in outside counsels for this, and they charge by the hour. But Donald Trump has seized on the rumors. He's accusing Phoney Willis of paying Ben Wade millions of dollars, which I know this is hard to believe, but Donald Trump is lying. Willis said since indicting Trump, she's been called the N word. More than she has been called fawny. She then accused Marjorie Taylor Greene, the Georgia Congresswoman, of being filled with hatred. Marjorie Taylor Greene last week filed a criminal referral with the governor of Georgia and the state attorney general accusing Fawny Willis of criminal misconduct. Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy, this is why I'm hopeful, by the way, of people because of people like Funny Willis, Latisha James, Jack Smith. I mean, Trump is scary, but so are these people. Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy, says Fox News will no longer air commercials for My Pillow. Lindell is the victim in all this. He says he has no idea why Fox News stopped airing his commercials. He says it might have something to do with the fact that he hired Lou Dobbs, who was fired by Fox News in the lead-up to last year's three-quarters of a billion-dollar settlement with Dominion voting machines. He hired Lou Dobbs for Lindell TV. That's how low Lou Dobbs has fallen. He's now hosting a show on Lindell TV. If you remember, uh, Lou Dobbs used his program, Harvard, by the way, Harvard's very own Lou Dobbs used his show on Fox News to promote false conspiracy theories about Dominion fixing the 2020 election for Joe Biden. Dobbs' new show on Lindell TV Premiered last Monday, and his first guest was Donald Trump, who repeated all the lies about the rigged election that got Dobbs fired from Fox. Lindell is accusing Fox News of trying to silence him by not airing his My Pillow ads. He claims they no longer want to report the truth about how the election was stolen, and that's why they're not running My Pillow ads. Hmm, I wonder if it's something else. Yes, it is. A spokesman for Fox News said they would be more than happy to run commercials for my pillow just as soon as Mike Lindell pays the network the nearly 8 million dollars he owes for previously run commercials. Lindell bought the commercials on credit. He promised he would pay Fox News $8 million back after they ran the commercials, but he hasn't because he's dead broke. But that's why they're not, the, the real reason they're not running your my pillow commercials is because they're trying to silence you about the election being rigged, not the fact that you owe them $8 million. Before I go, He had a good day Monday, but he's going to lose. There are too many good people in this country. He's going to lose. I'm David Feldman reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak. Let's check the poll. I forgot about the poll. Let's see if now. Hang on. Thank you to everybody in the chat room. Uh, Thank you to Bob. If you're here for keeping the chat room civil, how do I get to this? I'm sorry. Uh, Please like this episode. What am I supposed to say here? I'm I'm looking for the show. Hang on. Here we go. Okay. Is anybody here? Um, Hi. And protect the... There we go. Okay. Hi. Thank you for being here. Um okay, I'm looking at the chat room. So the question being asked, let me and if if you haven't voted yet, here's the question. Uh, so far 1251 votes. Is Trump easier for Biden to beat than Haley or DeSantis? That was the question. Interesting, 75% of the voter of the people in the chat room say yes. Donald Trump will be easier for Joe Biden to beat than Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis. 25% say no. I agree. That's 1,263 votes. Thank you for participating. And let me look at the chat room. Thank you. Uh, I should just read the chat room instead of doing a show. Okay. Okay. I think that covers everything, right? Thank you so much for putting up with my nonsense. He had a uh, good day today. Or yesterday. He's going to lose. I'll see you all tomorrow.